0: Weekly World Economic uh,
1: Report on Time. Yeah, it's a Weekly World Economic Report, and uh, on the menu today, public sector unions demand uh, uh, 4% and CPI Plus as their final wage demand. Ramaphosa halts search for a backup finance minister should Tito when he quit. What a strange story. Biden backs Amazon workers to unionize. Online for comment, a senior researcher, Department of Political Science at the University of Pretoria, Dr. Jason Mishorka. Twitter handle at Jason Mishorka, as easy as that. Dr. Jason Mishorka, welcome.
0: Thank you so much, Shafit, for having me. Hello to the listeners.
1: I I didn't think public sector unions would give up. Demand, CPI plus 4% as a final wage demand. I can't see government or anybody accepting this.
0: Yes, uh, this is a a very, very tough balance. On one side, the government has been singing or raising concerns about the increasing wage bill, which is sitting upwards now of around 38%, 39%. And uh, as we know, uh, the current Minister of Finance has been pushing back against um, the annual increases, which is usually about your 7%. And um, the, what has happened is that firstly, the figures we know that there are over the wage bill in the 2020-2021 year is expected to top at about uh, 67 billion rand, and um, that's not considering the, the increases of the 2019 financial year. So if we if we give in to the pressure of the public unions, if like the government does that. There is going, or the, the government will have to look for an additional 37 billion to top that. And as you know, we are really in a situation where there isn't any money left. There's no wiggle room anywhere. So the taco on one side is between the Speaks fiscals or the kitty, which there isn't any money. But the public service unions, which have consistently just raised the issues of wages, and as we know, South Africa is a highly unionized country and with a very strong union going all the way back to apartheid to date, and the pressure is therefore for the government to honor the increases and also to maintain the annual increases, which is your consumer price um inflation which should be then added with a 4%. again that comes to plus class minus usually it's your 3 which is our current inflation 3% if you add 4% that uh, goes to 7%. so in other words they would like a 7% wage increase to be honored. there is a case in court to uh, speak for in fact in the constitutional court uh, which the the public uh, sector unions they took the government to court because it's not honoured the increases going all the way back to 2018. So as as we stand now, we do know that uh, the the constitutional court is supposed to adjudicate that case. We are yet to hear the outcomes in a date that they will determine. But uh, the showdown is um, endless, and yeah, we will wait and see what happens. But.
1: There is a lot on the engine room that's cooking. Yeah, um, I mean, we've spoken to some of the unions, and they really are not at all sympathetic or sanguine. Uh, they just tell us there is money. Um, and, you know, for, for some of us who are single contractors, contracted to radio stations, working at a, a, a commercial enterprise, which is not going to have much in the kitty for for even thinking about raises, uh, you, you look upon pub, the public service as pretty much of a very exclusive kind of a club.
0: It is, it is. And I've always maintained that uh, it is the weak link as far as economic growth in the country is concerned, um, not just because of the high wages, but I've also maintained that the state is never a productive sector. But having said that, what, what has been going on now, the main issue here, the foundation of these kinds of uh, push and pulls between the union and government are largely ideological, more than pragmatic. And the reason I say that is because if you look at the, the ideology of the uh, unions in South Africa, you do have unions, for example, we know in, in, in Zambia and in other countries where you will find that Unions, they kind of cross the borderlines pretty much depending on who is in power. And, uh, they, they do get into bed with corporates and they cross over into the working class. So there is not a very clear ideological lines in some of these countries. But in South Africa, the, um, the, the unions have been consistent and largely ideological. So for them, it is not a matter of what the figures look like of which here, you've got the Minister of Finance who have tabled how the figures look like, how our economics look like, how the fiscal looks like. That's not what they are looking at. They are looking at the ideological issue. they're looking at issues from ideological lenses here. That you've got a government that is supposed to be, it's black. Secondly, it's um, it's, it's a government that collects taxes, it owns um, you know the mining licenses, and all of that. And without really looking at the actual fact, and I think that ideological battle is what we are seeing in now, um, which is, is very, very difficult to solve because ultimately it, it doesn't look at scientific or science or well. it, it looks at we are the majority, and um, you know we've been underemployed. We need to be given um, more pay or higher pay. And frankly, Shafiq, uh, just to add uh, to that the fact that during the COVID-19 pandemic keep in mind that the government workers were the most protected in the private sector yes. you had a lot of layoffs mm. happening as companies they shrunk and you also have some of those who were retained to work their salaries were cutting to have more some of them so the impact of COVID-19 never really reached these uh, public uh, sector employees public servants because they are first protected by the state itself and secondly Over and above, they almost have a double protection, so to speak. They have a government that protects them, and secondly, they do have unions which uh, protect them. I've always also raised the question why the um, public servants are the most unionized in the country. 75% of all the unions in the country, or all the workers who are covered in the country, are actually government employees. That is problematic for me. Those are not the most vulnerable employees. So the system is really broken from that point of view. And unfortunately, the government will have to deal with that broken system for now. Kicking the can down the line, but we will have to try and find an ideological solution more than a scientific solution as far as this public wage issue is concerned.
1: Yeah, no, it certainly is, is a big question. Um, something else. I read the story this morning and I kind of fell out my chair. Uh, You know, is this a journalist who is desperate for a story? I don't know. I'm very cynical about it. Ramaphol is a whole search for backup finance minister should Mbaweni quit. How on earth did this get into the public sphere?
0: Yeah, that is equally surprising for me, uh, Shafiq. Firstly, because um, everybody who knows our Minister of Finance, he's very active in social media. He tweets his cooking style and Mm -hmm. he works largely from home. So he's a, he's a really social, um, savvy person. And, um, last week he tweeted something like, you know, he's really tired. He needs to resign. But I suspect that this was largely with the character of the man himself. And make no mistake, he's a very competent, um, minister of finance, even from his former life as the governor of the Reserve Bank. But there is that public safety part of him. And I, I think that uh, this was, you know, just saying on the cuff that he felt like it. And of course, if I hear the president say so or the minister of finance, times are really tough for you to be the face of the solution that every South African is looking for. under a very, very tight and tough conditions of COVID-19. So to make a statement such as that um, on social media, it's very likely that he's just on the cut. But as we've seen, I think the, 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 some of these journalists, they've run with a story. The president himself has said he's got no idea that <laughs> he's actually looking for a new finance minister. So there, there has been um, all of these kinds of issues. In fact, the president clarified that uh, the rumor about himself meeting up with, let the uh, reserve bank governor and and uh um, jonas as well the former uh, deputy minister of finance it is all about monetary policy that was his uh, argument and of course he's the president he has the prerogative to talk to all his uh, cabinet ministers and to, to see ways and means in which he can sail the ship out of the current storms so uh, these kinds of rumors are perhaps uh, they do edge close to what we've seen under COVID-19, not just in South Africa, but globally about the conspiracy theories and propagandas that really, um, you know, sometimes they get too much attention when they shouldn't.
1: In fact Mr Mbaweni is an interesting character uh, uh sometimes he gives the impression that he'd be far happier farming his avocados but um he also appears to be a minister who doesn't who gives the impression he doesn't actually need the job he's doing it because um, he's helping the country, etc., etc. He's not your normal, uh, average Joe cabinet minister who is hanging desperately onto their position. They want the money, they want the cars, they want everything. He doesn't seem to care about any of the trappings.
0: He's he's got a very long profile of uh, very senior positions that he has served. Um, he was also the former Minister of Labour at some point. And uh, he, he has uh, – what we know about the, the minister of Finance is that the president approached him because he needed to stabilize the markets. Of course, he's well-respected in the capital markets, and his policies are consistent. And, and you know, the capital markets, they don't like uh, new changes. And he has a track record, both as a Reserve Bank governor and, of course, now as the Minister of Finance. So the the president approached him as a a, as a way of to calm the markets and to demonstrate that at least with all other problems that we are dealing with the problem of capital market flight we should not deal with that because there is already a possible solution and um so that he has made it very clear as a matter of fact he works uh he works largely from home which is just close to 300 kilometers from union buildings from pretoria so he's a He's a a very eccentric uh, character when it comes to just the arrangements that he seems to have. And and yes, you're absolutely right. He tweets a lot about his farm. At some point, I think he had some DACA that was uh, growing in his farm. And he was. So there is is a sense that uh, he really just is looking forward to just that retirement life. And he has also publicly and in no uncertain terms is indicated that he's too old for the job. He prefers to have younger, um, upcoming talent that should take over his role. So I think he is a person that is competent, but on the other side you can clearly see indications that he would like to just have his uh, free time of retirement up in the farms.
1: Indeed, lucky man in that sense. Very briefly, Biden, Joe, President Joe Biden, backing Amazon workers to unionize. Very, uh, very unusual to hear the word "union" in United States in today's context.
0: Yes, um, Shafiq. So the, the the U.S. economy and the the, the process of nation uh, um, building in in the U.S. has largely tried to just follow the capitalist market. Keep in mind that when the British gave over their a imperial power of um, homogeneity. They they really handed over the the drive for neoliberalism or capitalism to the United States. So the United States uh, does not want to be seen as leaning to the left in any way. They have left that kind of ideological suing to the russians and the chinese and everybody else but they are the vanguards of capitalism so you don't hear that from the white house even from democrats they do not like to support unions because america is the vanguard of neoliberalism so with that faith though the president the current president joe biden has uh, demonstrated support and look it's a bit contradictory for him because they did support him during the that is amazon the company itself they did support him during his campaigns, and I think with that we expected him to stick to them. But we've seen that he has encouraged uh, unionisation, not least because he he also did raise issues about the need for stronger labour unions that would protect uh, vulnerable workers from capitalism um, and, and the markets. So I suppose he's in between that, but um, he's also we also know him to be a very vocal person. He speaks his mind. So this is one of those uh, interesting surprises, I suppose, coming from the White House.
1: Absolutely. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Dr. Jason Musioka, Senior Researcher, University of Pretoria. He's with us every week. And, of course, you can get him on iono.fm, a uh, podcast, in about the next 24 hours. Twitter handle at Jason Masjorka. Dr. Jason Musioka, as always, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you so much, Shafiq, for having me.